Hello, and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. Let's dish. That's Sarah Alipin, host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And that lovely voice over there is the brilliant Taylor De La Fuente, who is the um, my guest co-host today and the owner of Lemon Tree Editorial, um, who specializes in wedding copywriting. So she works with wedding professionals. Um, so and she's my guest co-host today on The Wedding Dish. Um, Thank you for and, me. Oh my gosh. I am always so glad to have you. Um, And today we have an amazing human on as our guest. I'm really excited about this for several reasons. She has, her business, first of all, is fabulous. Um, Such an amazing ray of light in the wedding industry and also in life in general. Um, And she had super cute things that she did during her own wedding. So um, I'm really excited to bring on Caitlin Parsons. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about this conversation and just really grateful to be with the both of you today. Thank you. Yeah. We're so glad you were able to join us. Um, So let's dive in. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your wedding, which I know was in April of 2018. Um, And I wanted to hear a little bit about your wedding ceremony. Awesome. What do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with your partner's name. Who is your partner? Well, yeah, we should probably start with all the nitty gritty stuff. Oh, him. him. I also just want to let you know that when you said 2018, I literally counted on my fingers like, did I give them the right date? (laughs) So, and we're good. I did. Um, His name is Paul, and he is my husband now, which still feels very weird to say. Um, But that that is the man that I am married to who put the ring on the finger. I love it. And where did you all get married? We got married in Orlando, Florida. Um, I'm from the area originally. I grew up in Kissimmee where Disney is for everybody who's listening. (laughs) If if you've ever been to Disney, I'm around those parts. Um, And I met Paul in Philadelphia. I moved there after college and started my career there and met him and we dated there, fell in love there and eventually moved to San Diego where we now live. But when we were planning our wedding, we were deciding, um, do we elope? Do we do a destination wedding? Do we get married in California? Do we get married like somewhere completely random? Do we go to Mexico? How big, how small? And I truthfully just had way too many decisions to make. So I called my mom and I said, mom, <laughs> can, you, can you just make some of these decisions for me? And um, she was a huge help. And we we ended up getting married back in Florida because my entire family is there. Our, both of our families are on the East Coast. And the venue was just super cool. And my mom helped <laughs> a lot in the planning process. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And how many people did you have attend your wedding? We had about a hundred and we, it also felt really cozy and intimate. And that was our, our goal from the very beginning, which is why we had tossed around the idea of eloping also, because we really wanted it to be no fuss, super fun, really chill, more importantly, just full of love. And so we were really, um, we were really intentional with just who we asked to attend and just the environment that we wanted to create. And, um, yeah, it, it was a, I don't know, is that a smaller number these days or is that a, a bigger number? It felt really intimate to us, but I don't really know by the, like, industry standards, if that's big or small. Well, in COVID, it's a big number, but 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nowadays, it's huge. <laughs> well, it felt great. I mean, we we have so many amazing people in our lives, but I knew I didn't want to go. We both didn't want to go down the path of let's invite our third grade teacher. And my mom's like, you know, third cousin and all of these people. We really wanted people who we were closely connected with, who had really made an impact um, in both of our lives and, and all of those things. I love that. That's exactly what my husband and I did. Um, Taylor also did that, but kind of by force because she just got married in November. Ah, Um, nice. Congrats. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It was, that's a whole other podcast episode about what happened for me because I am a COVID bride, but, um, we were originally planning like 50, 75 people. So Sarah, you're probably a better person to judge like from a photographer standpoint of how many of your clients pre-COVID were they doing? 100-person wedding, 200-person wedding, 300-person wedding? I think people consider 75 people a small wedding. Okay. And then when you go up to about like 150, that's like standard. Mm. Um and then when you go up to 300, that's big. Interesting. You know what's really interesting about that too? I am a big believer that the space that you're getting married in has a huge impact on that. Because I've been to some weddings where it has been 300 people, but it's been in a massive like ballroom. And it's felt like there was only a hundred people there because the room, like the space was so big. So for that reason, we were also really intentional with the space that we wanted to create. We got married on this property called the acre. And basically these artists had created an incredible, um, I don't even know. It wasn't a pop-up shop or anything like that. They literally had created like different areas on the property for, um, like picture taking and just made it super bohemian and rustic and very like Instagrammable, if you will. (laughs) It was like Mm -hmm. very, um, it was, it was very thoughtful in the way that they designed everything. Um, but because it was so big, we were really intentional with, Hey, when we have, the dance floor, we want to block off a certain area so that it feels really cozy. And when we have dinner, we want to make sure that it's in like a really contained space so that we get that really intimate feeling for everybody. That was important for us. I love that. Um, and that jumps right into my the thing that I loved the most about your well, one of the many things I loved about your questionnaire, but what I asked about before, which was your ceremony, which I think should be a tradition that other people implement now. Uh, But I want to talk about the guests holding up signs. Oh, oh my gosh. That was, that was such a special moment in our ceremony. So that was, I think in the middle of when we were getting married and my cousin married my husband and I, which was also really special. And my, um, my mother-in-law played the violin for us and everybody, everybody had a part. Like we really wanted every single person to feel included in some way. That was really, um, a priority for us. And at one part of the ceremony, I think before we said our vows, my cousin who was marrying us just said, Hey, all of these people have come here for you today. Like everyone's with you. Everyone's rooting for you guys. Just look, like take a moment to look at everyone. And we looked, Oh my God, I hope I don't get emotional. If I do, it's okay. But I, we looked at the crowd Mm -hmm. and everybody had made signs with little like inside jokes or just like words of encouragement, or I love you, or just things that felt really meaningful to us. And so it was so special. And it was like one of those moments where talk about emotions. Like I, we both were just like, Oh my gosh, like you could feel that energetic shift of just so much love all at once. It was really cool. I love that so much. That's just, it's, 
it's like it seems like something that we would all do at weddings, and yet I've never heard of anyone doing that before. Really? Well, you know more about weddings than I do, so that's really that's really special. Then that this is more unique. I didn't know if more people had done that or not. I hadn't heard of it either. But what's really sweet is I have all of those cards too. My mom sent them to me afterwards, and so they're tucked away. Oh my god, I love that so much. So I think sweet. that's really did you common get fo- for a guest book. Like I've heard of something like that for a guest book before where people write you sort of a note or words of encouragement. But I agree. I've never heard of that for a ceremony. I think that's so nice that you have them and I'm sure they're in like a beautiful scrapbook or something so you can look at them all the time. No, they're in my closet. Just on Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do something with them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's only been a few years. <laughs> it's only been a few years. But that is really interesting because we actually did not have a scrapbook. We didn't have any kind of like um I know what you mean, like where people write things on like a picture or or whatnot and we didn't have anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. I just don't think it even like crossed our mind to do anything like that. So that this is like one way that we were able to preserve some of those um, just really thoughtful pieces. And I, I'm sure you got really amazing photos of it too. We did. Yeah. We, we had one photographer who did not have a, like a second photographer. Like she didn't have a second shooter with her. Um, so our photography wasn't like over the top amazing. I mean, I, there are just so many incredible photographers and there are just so many directions that you can go with photography, photography for a wedding. We really just wanted somebody who could capture the important moments, who was aligned with just the style that we both share. And she did a great job, but looking back, I would invest in in um, more with photography, knowing what I know now. I wish I had had branched out a little bit more with that. Yeah. I always wonder, because we didn't we only had one photographer at our wedding, but we only had 17 people. Um, but I always wonder when you have a larger wedding what it actually feels like to have just one photographer. Mm. Um, well, because it's it was really special. I mean she <laughs> She was, um, I mean, everybody just made it so special. Like our wedding planner, we had a day of wedding planner and, um, the photographer, like they were just with us like the whole time getting ready and everything. And they were so thoughtful with everything that they did. And it was just like one big love fest the entire day. It was so, so awesome. I love that. That's so great to hear. (laughs) That's so great. Um, and what um what was your favorite part of your wedding day? My favorite part of my wedding day um well I have a couple of parts like the first part that comes to mind is I grew up with three best friends and we've been best friends since kindergarten and all of our families were really close growing up um we've all been in each other's weddings and I was the last to get married out of all of us and so they were my bridesmaids my best friend from London flew in and and was in my wedding she was a bridesmaid my sister who I'm incredibly close close with my sister-in-law who I'm also close with um and everybody slept over at my parents' house the night before. We had a we had an awesome um, dinner the night before, and just like danced our butts off at this. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know it was a club. It was some kind of bar, but we just danced and ate good food. It was so much fun. It almost felt like the wedding. We were all kind of thinking like, how could the wedding day top this? It was so fun because everybody had come in that night, and we made it like a a big party. And the day before that, we had a big barbecue with family who had like flown into town and stuff. So it was like a party weekend. It was really, really fun nonstop. But everybody had spent the night, um, the night before the wedding, all my girlfriends. And when we woke up the next day, um, we just spent the morning together and my mom and my dad were there too. And, um, all of the girls, like we made 
flower crowns for everybody to wear. We made margaritas. That was like our signature cocktail. Um, So we made margaritas. We watched Father of the Bride, which was a movie we had watched like a million times growing up. So it was all really special. And all of us who got married, who all of them who had gotten married before we had watched one of our favorite movies, like my best friend's wedding or whatever another movie is like that. But I just remember sitting in my parents' living room, bawling my eyes out, just thinking like, oh my gosh, this is, I can't believe that all of these people are still in my life. And we're literally like watching this movie on my wedding day when for so many years we had watched it in my parents' living room, just like growing up and everything. It was really special. So that was a big moment, just like the whole day and and getting ready with all of them and um, just felt really, really intimate and cozy. I love that so much. That's really cute. And I love Father of the Bride. Uh, Me too. I know. Who doesn't? It's so great. It's so great. Um, And then our first dance was really fun also. It's just such a special memory. Um, and, And we also had so much fun at the after party too (laughs) with everybody after the wedding. Like it was just, it was just a good time. Like all weekend it was, it was just fun and love and dancing and music and laughing and just so much fun. My sister made the cookies. My dad made the cake. Um, It was just like everybody had a part, which is what we wanted. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Making was, everyone feel included is like the best. <laughs> it was, yeah, it felt, it, it felt really awesome to just have everybody's buy-in to do that too in some way. So it was great. I love it. Um, so fast forward, you moved to California. Yeah. Um, and, um, I noticed another thing that you said. I really loved your questionnaire, first of all, um, (laughs) because it was just so sweet and it was just very, it was really unique. Um, Taylor and I were talking about this before you came on. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I really loved was when you were talking about after you got married, when you were merging your finances. Mm. Yeah. Which could be a stressful thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those it's one of those pieces that is traditionally like mentioned that is a point of contention in relationships, right? And so I think that we were always a little bit more sensitive to that. And also um we we both really believe in our own unique independence. Like Paul and I are incredibly close as a couple and truly have a partnership and we're the love of each other's lives. But we also really prioritize our own individuality. And I think that strengthens our bond together and our autonomy and also our independence. And so financially speaking, it was one of those, one of those things where we both were like, I think we're good. Like you just keep yours and I'll keep mine and it'll be okay. (laughs) And, um, we, we just realized that that was actually kind of keeping, creating a divide in our relationship. It's not like anything happened that would make it feel that way. It just, we just started to realize well, I will also say our, my best friend, one of my best friends is our financial advisor. And she had mentioned to us so many times, like your money is so much more powerful together. Like you as a couple can create this deeper intimacy together when you bring your finances together. And she's always been so great. Like she's never been pushy, but she's just always mentioned that, like put it on the table for us. And we've just kind of shake, you know, shook our heads and like, said not for us and move forward. And so we just started having different conversations around what that really means, like where where we can become more more united as a couple and maintain our independence as well too. And what we really realized was that's a deeper level of trust in terms of 
merging finances and it requires Mm -hmm. a different type of conversation and communication with one another. Um, And really just in terms of dreaming and our vision together and all of these things, it just, I don't know, it, it created this different type of expansive energy with us as well too, where it felt like when we were making a plan or we were dreaming together about what we wanted the future to look like, we were both on the same page 100% because it was ours together in a different way because we'd always talked about that to a certain extent, but it just felt different. And it just transparently speaking, so we did decide to merge our finances and and go through just all of the technicality behind that. And it has not only brought us closer as a couple because it's a deeper level of trust there for whatever reason, you know, attributing to some of the things that I just mentioned, but, um, but also it's, it's shifted our mindset around our finances in a different way as well too. And so there's just more intention and thought and celebration and, you know, I'm an, I'm an intuitive eating and body image coach. And I always share with my clients and my community, your relationship with yourself is a relationship, just like your relationship with your partner is a relationship, your relationship with your money is a relationship. And so mm-hmm. I kind of realized also that was one of the areas where I was out of alignment with my own work as well, too. I wasn't really treating this relationship with money like a relationship and nurturing it and building that trust with my partner in that capacity as well, too. So so ultimately, I mean, I to date, it's been one of the best decisions that we've made and also one of the most challenging decisions to make together as a couple. And I think that's such a, it's such a really special thing that you were able to come through that and really break it apart for each other and, you know, unpack all of the the things that were standing in the way of, you know, your mindset, like understanding that it is a mindset and that you were adjusting a relationship and, or not treating it as a relationship and then engaging in the relationship, um, with money. And I, I loved, that's why I loved that you said that because first of all, it's something that a lot of us are uncomfortable talking about. And second of all, I think that it's such an important thing to be self-aware in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, well, thank you for saying that. And, and also one of the things about merging finances too, is you, it really creates a new level of self-awareness individually and collectively as well too. Suddenly it's not just about you. There is this level of vulnerability and accountability and, um, encouragement even just in that, in that area too. And you really learn what each other's values are in a different way. Um, and yeah, it just depends. Every relationship is different. So I'll only speak for ours, obviously, but it's just given us the opportunity to really get together and think like, Ooh, like, what can we do? Like, what do we want to do? Like, where can we get excited about dreaming together? And, you know, we have a money date every month and we pop champagne and sit down and look at everything and, and just like, um, celebrate things and check in with, with where our money is going and, um, our investments and things like that. And so it's, it's great. And, you know, some months it's like, Ooh, and then some months it's like, Ooh, (laughs) 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 it ebbs and it flows, but we're in it together. And also we have a a mentality that that's also just part of life too, right? Relationships have an emotion of their, or uh, excuse me, money has an emotion of its own where there's highs, there's lows. And if, if we can get behind just the reality that how can we sit with just the emotions of money sometimes that come up, that is the, like, that's the best way that we can be in this together. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being so willing to share that too. Yeah. I'm a big believer in vulnerability around the things that we don't talk about that often. I just think that it's essential that we destigmatize some of these conversations. So we, um, yeah, my pleasure. I'm 10,000% with you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We're all going well, through we, it. 
Exactly. And with that, we are going to take a super fast break on the wedding dish and we will be right back. And we are back. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into the wedding dish today. I have my co host, Taylor, who is the CEO of Lemon Tree Editorial. And I also have with me Caitlin Parsons, who is just a fabulous human and brilliant, brilliant person. So I'm really glad to have you both with me today. And um, Taylor, I know you had a question, so I'm going to let you take the mic. Yeah. So we were talking, of course, about all about your wedding, Caitlin. And uh, I I have to ask, because I'm a visual person, I need to know about your dress. Tell me, tell me all about your dress and what did it look like and how did it make you feel? Because I feel like that's such an, a big part of the day. And it sounds like you had a really special, very intentional day. And I'm sure your dress was that way too. <laughs> yes. I love this question. And of course, I mean, what bride doesn't care about their dress, right? It's, it's just such an iconic part of the day. And so my story about the dress is a little a little bit more untraditional, kind of like our wedding so far in this story. (laughs) It really all kind of fits together. Um, You guys are going to die when I tell you what actually happened. So I did not, I never went wedding dress shopping ever. I don't think I ever tried on a wedding dress in a store. And um, I don't even know why. I just, I didn't. And three or four months before my wedding, I think, let's see, this was in November. We got married in April. So eh, this was like five-ish months before our wedding. Um, I just went online and I ordered a bunch of dresses online and they came to my my house and I picked out the first one that I tried on. The few others were horrible. (laughs) And I snapped a picture and I sent it to my mom and my sister and my best friend. And I said, will this work? It's kind of exactly what I wanted. And they were like, yeah, that looks great. And, oh my um, gosh. and so, and I, and it truly like, honestly, it was like a $450 wedding dress. Um, and, and it wasn't even like a price thing. I just want to be like really transparent. Like it was, it was a low budget wedding dress, but it was also exactly what I had pinned on Pinterest boards and everything. Like just the, just the style of it was really simple. Um, it was a deep V in the front. I took it to get altered with my mom, um, and created a deep V in the back and it skimmed the floor. We got it hemmed so that it skimmed the floor. I wore flats. I wanted to dance my butt off the entire night. And I also, <laughs> I also wanted to make sure <laughs> that I could eat and drink as much and not worry about like ruining the dress when it, if like stuff got on it, you know? And so yes. I didn't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a wedding dress because I didn't want to like think about like, Oh, how do I preserve this dress the entire night? I just wanted a dress that I felt really comfortable in that resembled like the type of style that I was going for that I could just have a good time in. Um, and so, and it was lace. I don't know if I said that or not. So it was, it was like spaghetti strap, deep V in the front and the back lace to the floor. Um, and and yeah, that sounds was it. perfect for it a was, Florida April wedding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really it was really simple. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Love it. Well, part of the reason I wanted to ask you about the dress is because of the what you just said, like the eating and drinking, and like all of the the stigma around it, and um about preparing for your wedding day and like looking your best and how a lot of people have taken that to the extreme with how do they eat before their wedding? How do they, you know, drink, move their body, like feel about themselves, their body image, all of that before the day, but most importantly, like on the day. And it's just, it's just such a huge topic and I'm sure you have thoughts, Caitlin. So I'm just going to throw it to you. Yeah, (laughs) it is a massive topic and I really appreciate the question and I am really passionate about speaking about things like this. So this is essentially the work that I do now. I'm an intuitive eating, I'm a body image coach, intuitive eating coach and a body image coach. So 
I, I see this all the time. And at that time when I was getting married, I was kind of getting into health coaching back then, back then, but I was still really disordered with my relationship with food and my own body image and was struggling with binge eating and just feeling a lot of shame around that. And for, you know, just transparently, I had struggled with bulimia on and off for 16 years of my life. And so there was a deep history with that. And so it was really just this, this moment in my life where I was struggling internally, but I was so concerned about just personifying this, like, Oh, I got it all together. Like, I'm fine. Like, it's totally, it's totally fine. Just this level of perfectionism at that time while still being like super chill. Right. Because, Hey, I don't have the over the top wedding. I don't have the over to the top dress, but I'm still like internally freaking out about like things not going right or wrong. And so I remember, and this is something I coach on too, just perfectionism that doesn't really seem like perfectionism when in fact, that's exactly what it is. And so many of us, um, struggle with that. Right. I, I consider myself a recovering perfectionist even to this day. Um, but I remember going through, I remember having this moment where I was on a walk with a friend and I just felt like, wow, I feel so trapped. I feel like I have three months or two or three months and I have to make sure that my body stays the same because what happens if it changes? Like, what am I going to do with my dress? What am I like, what's the alternative here? Like, what if I can't find another dress? What if I can't get it altered? It was all of these what ifs in my mind. In hindsight, there are alternatives when your body changes. I just had such a black and white mentality at that time that for me, it felt incredibly stressful and incredibly anxiety provoking. Um, and like I mentioned, I just, I felt really suffocated in this mindset of, oh my gosh, like I literally have to make sure my body stays exactly the same and control it as much as I can for these next few months, because, um, I have to like fit into this dress. I actually, I was thinking about this the other day there, that movie, um, with Kate Hudson and, um, Anne Hathaway bride bride wars or oh yeah bride wars yeah bride wars okay i wasn't sure if that's what it's called i remember there's this one scene in the movie where she's like um you fit the dress the dress doesn't fit you and that quote is so relevant to what i was experiencing at the time where it was just like this is my responsibility like i put so much pressure on myself and all that to say i was you know, I, I had my own issues with food at the time and everything. I wasn't in the like lose it before the wedding or like the bride boot camp scene or anything like that. Um, I was struggling with this internally on my own and also having these thoughts of, okay, so I got to make sure that the dress fits. And also I'm spending a lot of money on this photographer. I want to make sure that these pictures look really good, you know? So I want to make sure that like I feel good and, you know, I also quote unquote look good in the pictures. And there was just this massive amount of control, um, which makes sense, right? Because I also felt like a lot of things were not in control in my life at that time. Uh, I think a lot of people planning weddings feel that way. There's so many moving pieces. There's so many moving parts. It's really easy to fixate on your body and just go all in with feeling the need to control that one single part because there's so many variables. There's so many things that could just like go a completely different direction in the blink of an eye. And I think for a lot of brides in the planning process and especially on the wedding day, um, that's what keeps so many of us focused on our bodies, as well as just diet culture in general and the messaging that we've been indoctrinated into against our will, uh, societally, generationally, uh, yeah. you know, just all of these different ways that this has become essentially the new normal, you know, like when you get married or when you get engaged, it's just an unwritten guide that, well, how are you going to lose weight before your wedding? Or how are you going to, 
um, get in shape or how are you going to do this? And then the advertising, all of the things that's just message towards brides in terms of being a certain size for your wedding and looking your best. And it's just such BS because it detracts from that day entirely and creates this feeling of, well, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And, and how does that, you know, impact your relationship when you think about it at that time? Like, it's just all so many, so many systems of worthiness and, um, just oppression around women and all these things and men too. I think men absolutely struggle with it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but especially, you know, especially women and weddings, there are so many pieces of the puzzle that create that heightened anxiety. There's a lot of money that goes into that day. There's a lot of eyes on you. There's a lot of, um, pieces that you need to orchestrate in terms of just delegation and decisions that need to be made. Um, this is literally the day that you've been taught is the most important day in your entire life, arguably so. And that level, I mean, that's a very high bar to live up to. It's a really high expectation. And so all of those things, I think, make it really easy to focus on your body. And at the same time, it drives it drives you crazy. You know, it's all you think about. You, you, you start to second guess a lot of things. I see a lot of women come out of weddings with eating disorders and disordered eating patterns because it's such a triggering time. Um, and it's really unfortunate too, because 95% of any weight loss is regained in a five-year period. And this is really traditional, uh, really relevant for brides because most of the dieting that occurs leading up to your wedding is in such a short amount of time as well too. And so the amount of time that you regain that weight back is rather quick for most people. And there's a lot of shame that's created around that as well too. There's the shame of, oh my gosh, I never, will I ever look like that again on my wedding day? There's this identity crisis almost of, I've never been in in a body that size before, even before my wedding, even after my wedding and just struggling with that piece of the puzzle. There's the, there's the piece of just trying to live up to that body and will your partner still love you if you're not that size and all these things like this is, um, a lot of these things were true for me and I see them true for so many women that I work with and support in my community and all of these things. And so it's just, I don't think we're talking nearly enough about it. So I'm really passionate about talking about it if you can't tell. Yeah. And I love that you brought up men too, because men just are left out of the wedding conversation nine times out of 10, just regarding everything, but especially when it comes to body, body image, like feeling beautiful on the day. Like I think everybody wants to feel beautiful on their wedding day, man or woman or non-binary person. Like you just, you want to feel and look your best. And so much of this is pushing you towards those societal norms of super thin. I mean, if you were to look at your typical styled wedding shoot or even just Google wedding online, everybody who you're going to be looking at and served a picture of on Google is going to be a size zero. That's just how it is. And every man is going to have washboard abs and huge biceps. Like it just, those are, it's a reflection of what people consider to be beautiful, but it's not a reflection of reality. And you're totally right. Like your wedding day should be about like the best version of you. And there's nothing wrong with you, the size that you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of unlearning in the whole process. And, um, yeah, there's some, it, it bumps up against a lot of our beliefs um, and it can be really uncomfortable, but it is, it's so important for anybody who's listening to even just um, open, open up to the idea of having a conversation like this with yourself and with somebody in your life and really getting clear on what's important here, why it's important, where, where the self-worth piece is coming in as it relates to your, your body image and, and your size and, and really having some honest conversations of what's true about that and and what's not true. Yeah. 
It sounds like maybe getting engaged and planning a wedding might be if if somebody listening has never had that conversation and had the bravery to have that conversation with themselves or somebody else before, like that, this might be the event in your life that, that pushes you to confronting some of those body image issues, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's good that it's happening, but it's also like extra pressure almost to, to think about that on top of everything else. It's a hard conversation to have no matter what size you are. It is. It's, it's, I work with women in all different size bodies. It's a hard conversation. And it's a it's as it's a result of the culture that we live in. It's a result of how we're being marketed to as women and the the thin idea that's being presented to us from every single direction and how we equate that to a standard of health when you know in reality that actually has nothing to do with health at all. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a health at every size practitioner. So there's numerous studies and evidence that supports that. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of layers to the whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that book health at every size. Fabulous for everybody who's listening. Um, it's a must read. We'll link to it in our show notes. Cool. Yes. <laughs> if you're going to read one book before <laughs> your wedding day, that's a non-traditional one to read. Yeah, I I totally. And as a wedding photographer, I get asked all the time, like, will you Photoshop out this or will you Photoshop mm-hmm. out that? And the reality is, and sorry to any of my clients who are listening to this, I don't really Photoshop anything out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so rare. I, I don't have to because you look perfect. Like I'm not changing the way your body looks in the photos. You just, you're that happy and you look that beautiful. And the fact that I'm asked that so often is is just, it. it does make me feel bad. You know, like you shouldn't be thinking about that on your wedding day. You should be thinking about like, this is the person that I get to spend the rest of my life with, that I chose to spend the rest of my life with. And these are the people who are coming together to say they love us and that they want to show their support of our union. Mm, Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting too, from a photography standpoint and the psychology around photography, that has so much to do with the emotion that you're in at the moment of looking at that photograph. And so it's actually an exercise that I do with a lot of my clients where uh, this might be different for a wedding day, but certainly a lot of events around a wedding, making sure that when pictures are being taken, you don't look at them right away because that has such that has such a risk in ruining the mood of the day if you're not ready to see that image um, and, and possibly not be happy with the image. And that goes into a lot of other things that are going on that day as well, too. It's never really about our bodies. It's never really about the food. There's always something else at play here. But that being said, this is a really great way that you can advocate for yourself and take care of your emotional and mental health um, by not looking at pictures when you can and making that choice for yourself and looking at them at a time where you feel like you have a little bit more emotional stability and um, possibly more support. I know in weddings, it's it's challenging because you're so excited and you just want to see everything. But if you can also just acknowledge some some opportunities to not look at pictures right away and look at them in a, in a more neutral environment, that's a really great option for a lot of people. I agree. And as a photographer, I won't show anyone anything <sighs> out of the back of the camera just I well now I can justify it with my face was on this and COVID world, but I've always justified it as it doesn't look the same. I have to turn the brightness all the way down and the contrast all the way down so it doesn't impact my vision because my eye is up against the viewfinder. Mm-hmm. So I it's so dark you're not gonna see anything anyway. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you how you handle that with your clients because and I think that's so important and I really respect you for doing that because um you know, body image aside, on that day, if you're seeing a picture on a tiny little screen that is really not an accurate representation of what the picture is going to be, but you have all of these expectations of what your wedding photography is going to be like and 
and all of these things. And it, in this one single screen in the split moment, it's not living up to that expectation that can crush the rest of your day. Your mind can really get, um, get swayed into thinking all of these negative thoughts and just pulled out of the moment so easily. Yeah. And really you want to be in the moment. Like your wedding photography should tell a story, but the day should be its own moment. Mm. And don't let anything pull you out of that if you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that tip so much. And actually our, um, our wedding planner emphasized that over and over and over again, like the day of, she even said, um, when she like escorted us into the tent and we were about to go eat, she like grabbed our shoulders and she was like, just take a moment, just take a moment and like, look at everybody just look at them eating and look at them laughing and look at them like hanging out with each other and it was a really special moment it was really um it was really thoughtful of her to do that but I totally agree just staying in the moment as much as you can throughout the day it's really really important that's where the memories are made yeah yeah because you'll have the photos later Mm -hmm. but you won't have the memory back of that moment when you stood there mm-hmm. before you saw the photos. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Yes. No, you're totally <laughs> right. I love everything about this conversation. We also had Chipotle for our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys might like that. <laughs> that's funny. But we did, <laughs> and we're out. That was that's it. End episode right here. Mic no. drop done. We okay. This is a fun fact, and also, uh, it was just very like we just wanted what we wanted, and we knew we wanted Mexican food, and we we love Chipotle, and um, I mean, who doesn't like Chipotle? So we knew it'd be a crowd pleaser, but we just rented um the the you know trays like the heating trays and everything from a catering mm-hmm. studio and got Chipotle and just put them in the the tray. So we set it up like in a really cute way, but it was Chipotle. <laughs> oh my God. You have to, I don't think you've sent me photos of this. Oh, you need to. Okay. I'll have to dig them up. I don't know if our photographer captured that. I'm sure she probably did, but yeah, I will. I'm sure she did. You'll have to send photos of your wedding. Cause I think you only just sent me a photo of yourself. <laughs> I did. I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay. I'll, I'll double check. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I just don't remember seeing Chipotle and I don't remember what your dress looks like. So. Okay. I'll go back and I'll make I don't know. Sure. I'll make sure. Okay. Good. And we'll share it on our Instagram and everything. So everyone will be able to see the amazing dress you're talking about and how fabulous you looked in it, no matter what size you were, and how beautiful the day was in all the little vignette areas that the artist set up at the acre. Mm, Yeah, it was really special. Thank you so much. I'm happy for everybody to just join in the memories. (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. Um, Well, that is all we have time for today. Um, Thank you so much to everyone who tuned into the Wedding Dish podcast. And thank you, Caitlin, for being here and sharing your business expertise and your wedding story and being so transparent and open with your relationship with your husband, um, then fiance, then boyfriend before that. And with money and with your body and all of the things, you have been so lovely. Um, I think this was just such a a great episode for um, really realizing like there's more than just the wedding day. And there are a lot of pieces that go into that, but also like how important mindset is and debunking the shit we think we know Mm -hmm. um, and the stuff that we've been taught because there are so many archaic things that we are constant, constant messaging um, that's archaic and we, we need to move away from that at this point. Um, So I'm really glad that you were able to join us and share so much knowledge. Um, And I also want to take, to thank, not take, although I do kind of wish I could take her back into the DC area because she moved, but um, 
Taylor De La Fuente, my co-host for Dishing With Us, being such an amazing questioner. She's also a brilliant business mind. Um, I would love to know where our our listeners can find both of you online. Um, Caitlin, where can people connect with you? Well, thank you so much for just creating the space to have a conversation like this. And it's just been so lovely connecting with your community. Um, For everybody who wants to connect further, the best place is my website. Just my name. It's CaitlinParsons.com. Everything is linked there. I have a free intuitive eating workshop that you can grab there. Um, My Instagram, my podcast, blog, blog. working with me, all of the information is, it's like a one-stop shop, my website. (laughs) And what is your podcast called? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. What is your podcast called? It's the modern girl podcast. So it's a podcast all about body image. I, um, bring on experts in all different types of industries and just, they come on and share their stories around their own personal body image. So it's pretty cool. I have a storytelling podcast. I have a few good people to connect you with that I think you would really enjoy. Awesome. Um, And Taylor, where can everybody find you? Oh, yeah. Um, You can find me. The best place is probably Instagram. My handle is LT Editorial, as in Lemon Tree Editorial. And my website is the same name, LTEditorial.com. But I am definitely going to be signing up for your intuitive eating um, workshop, Caitlin, because I have so many thoughts constantly about eating body image exercise like all of that stuff and so i love i love talking about this topic too so thanks sarah for inviting me to be part of it yeah and i'm really glad that you were able to um i'm really glad that you asked the questions that you asked taylor they were very thoughtful and um and just really needed yeah yeah well you can always count on me to ask the hard questions <laughs> I'll be the I'll be the brave one and ask it. But um and everybody I forgot to say, like, don't forget to follow the wedding dish podcast on Instagram. If you're gonna be on there following everybody, definitely follow the wedding dish podcast. Well, thanks. We are at the wedding dish podcast, and you can hit our website, which is at or also not at, but the Wedding Dish Podcast, and you'll get our show notes there. We'll link to the books. We'll link to um, there the websites for Caitlin and for Taylor, so you can hit them there if you're, you know, doing something like driving a car right now. You don't need to pull over to write down or follow them on Instagram. You can grab it there, um, and you can apply to be a guest or potentially a guest co-host, maybe. Who knows? Um, Or you can support us on Patreon um, so we can keep bringing you juicy wedding tips and tricks from couples and wedding pros alike. Yeah. And don't forget to tune in next week when Sarah's going to be chatting with another amazing person about their wedding possibly, or maybe their wedding business. I don't know. You'll have to tune in next week to hear it. And of course, please like, review, rate, subscribe, all those things. Awesome. Thank you all so much for being here on The Wedding Dish. And until we meet again, cheers. Cheers.